Hello and welcome to another episode of The Life Capoeira. I'm very pleased to welcome our guest today, Mr. Kokada. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so let's start at the beginning. How did your capoeira journey begin? Oh man, the beginning. You know, I started capoeira in the 90s. I, I took my first class of capoeira about 1996 and I was quite young. Uh, I was living in California and then I moved to Arizona in the year 1998. That's when I officially started training capoeira with the late Mestri Dandi. At the time, he was an instructor. I think he was an instructor of capoeira, but he was an older American Black man from New York, settled down in, in Arizona, and he started a capoeira school in 1996. He was the first person to do capoeira in the state of Arizona. And I came along in 1998 and I was completely hooked after the first class. And I was, I was officially a student of capoeira in 1998 in Tucson. And what was it that got you hooked that first lesson? I think it was, well, I'd already had, uh, I'd already had a visual and experience of what capoeira was because my older brother, who is a he is a professor under Mestia Main. His name is Faiska. And he did performances with Mestia Main all around the country. And at the time when we were living in Arizona, he did a performance in Tempe, Arizona. And that was the first time I actually saw Capoeira. I saw the dances of the Orishas. I saw Makulele. I saw the acrobatics. I saw the music, felt the music, heard the music. And I just intuitively was like, oh my God, I am Capoeira. You know, like there was something about it that was like, just, it just hooked me, you know? And so when I actually had the moment to train in a school in that time, it was at a, it was at a dance studio called Orts Theater. And it was just a very basic dance studio. And it was just something about the challenge. You know, it was, it was up, it was down, it was continuous movement. And you know, I had done a lot of dance, so I was very familiar with my body and direction. I was only 15 years old. And so I think I just enjoyed the challenge of, because, you know, you're just, you're just feeling it in a physical way. You know, you're not really like understanding that it has ancestral and cultural context. You're just moving with a group of people and you're being led by a very charismatic leader, you know? So we really... We had a really great time. And so 25 years later, you got your mess record, and we'll talk more about that in a bit, but that 25-year uh, journey. How has that journey been over that uh, 25 years? Has it always stayed in Arizona, or have you had spells with your capoeira elsewhere in the States and, and beyond? Yeah, I have. I've had, like, I've had really wonderful experiences with, um, wonderful mestres, uh, a lot of my colleagues and peers. I've spent time going back and forth to Vancouver, where I was fortunate enough to train a little bit with Mestri Bahao, with Ashe Capoeira, and I would spend a significant amount of time here and there going to Capoeira Brazil with Mestre Boneco, and but not like months at a time. They were more like visits where I got to engage and be with the students and the Mestri in their day-to-day -day practice of the art. And of course, living in uh, Tucson, I would go back and forth to the Bay Area and train with Mestre Cordion, Mestre Suellen, and Mestre Han. And that was definitely very consistent. I, I, was, 
I was very consistent at going back and forth there and just really enjoying that community. Uh, it was wonderful. It, it was re- it was really wonderful. You you have a lot of time to reflect when you look at your journey in Capoeira and, and all that has happened. And it's it's pretty powerful. It's pretty powerful. I know you still take the time to reflect on the experience of, of gaining the title Mestre. It was only in December. What are your initial thoughts and reflections on that event and how have things changed since? Or is it still too early for there to have been much change to see? Well, I think it takes time to process. Uh, it was definitely a big surprise. I'm, I'm still processing the the change to another level in Capoeira. Messi Accordion decided that, you know, I was ready to represent our association at the Mestri level. And I'm very honored for that. I've worked very hard for that. I've lived my life the Capoeira way, I guess you can say. Capoeira has always been a part of my life. I've always given as much as I can to any children's programs, any place I ever lived, I always taught capoeira within that community. I've taught thousands of children. I've worked with um, lots of different women's events. And, uh, you know, I've had my little spouts. I've started little groups and then ended those groups, maybe because I was living in a certain location or, you know, changing locations. I've had the honor of teaching classes consistently at Metro Cordion's school in Berkeley, California, Casa de Cultura. And um, it's surreal, you know, because the Mestri level in my mind when I was growing up in Capoeira, it was never something that was really attainable. Like what was what we reached for was professor. We were like, I'm going to I'm going to at least be a professor. And then like you become contra Mestri and you're like, uh oh. <laughs> and then like you and then it's like you're you're Mestri and you're like, uh. <laughs> Nothing really changes, you know, um, but it also does, you know, it's, it's a level that it takes a lot of responsibility. You know, I, I am American. I am an American born and bred capurista. I've spent maybe a month and a half of my life in Brazil. Um, I've always maintained relationships with my Brazilian friends and mestres, and I, I really hold a lot of responsibility to share the art respectfully and authentically to my best ability. So if I'm if I'm not knowing about if I don't know something, I'm I'm not going to try to fake it. You know, it 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 has to be something that is actually I've lived it. I've experienced it. And that's the only way I can really teach something mm-hmm. and pass on those traditions and etiquettes and, you know, things that have really empowered my life. And on that topic, You've obviously embraced some Brazilian culture. You're involved with BJJ and Samba and selling SIE. Was it Capoeira that led you to those other ventures? And how have those things like the Samba, the BJJ and so on, do they intersect a lot with Capoeira? Do you find the Capoeira helping them and the, the Samba and BJJ helping the Capoeira? How do they all link together? Well, you know, Capoeira is multifaceted. You know, you you learn Capoeira, but some people don't realize like you learn Capoeira, you might learn to be a, a really good public speaker. You know, you have to engage, you have to speak to large groups of people when you're teaching and, you know, you're conducting yourself in a certain way. You have to learn how to articulate your ideals so that it, it 
so that it's palatable and understood by the people that are absorbing what you're trying to teach them. Jiu-Jitsu came to me in Tucson, actually, and my my teachers have not been Brazilian. I have taken classes with Mestre Tabora. He's an amazing black belt, amazing master of capoeira, very passionate person. And I've really enjoyed that experience. I spent a couple of years living in Hawaii on the North Shores, where I really immersed myself in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in the Gi with my teacher in Oahu. And then my original teacher here at our gym, we train consistently there as well. And it's quite common that Capoeiristas train Jiu-Jitsu. So some of my friends that are in Capoeira, they're, you know, Brazilian black belt, purple belt, blue belt. I mean, it's just, it's really nice. It's, it's a great art. It's one of the arts that has actually made my capoeira better because jiu-jitsu is a very direct art and it kind of helps you uh, not be so scared to get closer. You know, like if there's, if you're in a game where the game is kind of like, there might be some opportunities for takedowns or entrances or, you know, you're, you are mixing within the art, you know, when you're playing somebody. For me, jujitsu helped me to not be so scared to go in and go out and also remain calm, you know, because there's a lot of pressure in jujitsu. And so you have to learn to remain calm and breathe and, and it can be overwhelming, but you, you learn how to pace yourself. So one day I will be a black belt. You know, it takes time. It takes a lot of commitment. It's very hard to train capoeira and jujitsu at the same time. They're very both demanding on the body and the mind. You know, you need to, you know, you need to focus when you're training capoeira, but you also need to focus when you're training jujitsu. And it can, you know, sometimes you need time to like let the body settle so that the movement can really go into your system and your mind and then you can go back at it again the next day or the day after, you know? And so sometimes when you're not giving your body enough time to, to rest, uh, you know, you could get injured, you know? So, uh, so that, and, and then the Brazilian Samba is just Samba, you know, Samba is, it's just part of Capoeira, you know what I mean? It's part of Capoeira at the beginning or at the end, you know, like it's, you're going to be experiencing the Samba Jihada in some way. And, you know, in, at Mesher Cordion's studio, Casa de Cultura, which is now Capoeira Arts Foundation, CAF, they have on the off days that Capoeira is not happening, they have Braza Archie, Brazilian arts, Braza Archie, right? And so they bring in a lot of guests from Brazil to teach all of the Brazilian folklore arts. And I really fell in love with that other part of our studio. And so I would take a lot of classes there, make relationships with the director and, you know, the director's mother, she's Conceição, she's uh, unfortunately passed away now. Her daughter, Taina, is the director of Braza Arts. And uh, that's really wonderful. It's it's really wonderful to, to, to train Brazilian Samba, but train it, you know, they're, they're very athletic women. It takes a lot of endurance and a lot of strength to do these movements. So every year we bring Egelio Oliveira from Rio de Janeiro to Tucson. She does a, she, she goes around the United States and Canada. And, you know, in my opinion, she's the queen of Rio, <laughs> you know, but she's an elegant, elegant dancer. And she comes to Tucson. She spends about a month 
so two weeks sometimes a month with us and she just we train a lot of samba we, we train a few dances of the Orishas and we talk about you know the everyday grind that these sambistas experience and it's it it is quite the grind it's they are very very powerful dancers and how have you found capoeira helping in the bjj when you will um obviously the bjj has helped you getting closer when you're playing capoeira and and be able to stay calm has any skills from the hodder sort of transferred into to when you will on the mats absolutely i mean you know capoeira you you're learning how to play you you play you know it's you know it's just as jujitsu can teach you how to stay calm like capoeira can teach you how to smile and laugh and hey you know it's okay (laughs) it's not don't take it so serious you know like and i I bring a lot of that playfulness to jujitsu on the mats you know like we do thousands of aus all different kinds of aus. This can help to pass in different positions when you do jujitsu, you know? So it's a, I, I try to do a cartwheel pass pretty much every game that I roll because it's just that it's a powerful transition and it's unexpected because capuristas, we know our bodies in different directions. We can go upside down, we can spin we can you know we can flip and then go back the other direction and kick and then go down to the ground and then back so we're all over the place you know and so if anything the capoeira just kind of teaches me to just have a good time relax you know it's okay you know and 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 just kind of transition through the other opponent's body as you are doing these movements as you're trying to pass guard or take the back or go into side control or to defend a potential submission, you know, like uh, there's just a playful element that is there and also a body awareness of like, you know, we're used to being upside down. Sometimes the game is upside down, we're in handstand, you know what I mean? Or, or some different type of flip, we're able to still see things as we're moving circularly, you know? And I feel like that vision doesn't really exist so much for the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner if they haven't enjoyed capoeira, you know? So, yeah, I think that's (laughs) never quite articulated it like that, but that's at least what I feel. Sounds fantastic. And how do you look up with all these demands of capoeira and BJJ and and samba? You you talked about them being very demanding. How do you make sure that you're able to, to keep on top of that and they don't take their toll? Well, you know, at this point right now, I have a five year old and uh, we just kind of I'm I'm here to enjoy life. I'm here to to make sure my daughter has everything she needs. I'm here to make sure that I'm okay and that my soul is fed so I can be a good mother and a partner to my husband and my family. And so sometimes if things have to take a break, they just have to take a break. You know, like right now, I'm not really training that much jujitsu. You know what I mean? Because I, I need to be present for my daughter, you know, and I still have samba gigs here in tucson so i pretty much train with a small group of women to make sure that we can still feed our community and perform in these different places that ask us to be present for you know whatever it is a birthday party corporate party whatever and and the the acai truck is you know this is a new venture this is my first year um with our acai business food truck it's called purple tree truck and that goes all around tucson it goes all around Tucson. We serve at 
different hospitals. We serve at sororities. We are at hiking trails. We're at farmer's markets. We go to birthday parties, corporate parties, and, and the truck is very busy. So, I mean, I would much rather know that like the down season in the winter time is going to be the time where I can really give jujitsu some attention, you know, and, and, and then, you know, springtime is when we get a lot of gigs for samba and for the truck. And, and, and so it's a dance, you know what I mean? It's a dance. Like some months it's going to be more about capoeira. Some months it's going to be more about jujitsu, but capoeira is the constant. It, it is definitely the constant movement that in my family, you know? Uh, so it's going to take more time for, for me to, to reach, you know, that black belt, if you will, it's not my focus. I'm, I'm enjoying every, I'm happy to get through every day, every, every day that I get to train jujitsu, it's like 1%, I get better. So it's a very long, for me, it's going to be a long, long process, you know, and I, and I'm okay with that, you know, as long as I can still experience it in my life and my body is, is capable of enduring the demands that, you know, training these arts are, I'm fine with it. You know, I, I am in no rush at all to, to get anywhere. I just want to be happy, enjoy my time, enjoy my family, um, celebrate with my friends and their accomplishments and their lives, and just feel good about the choices that I make and the energy that I bring into each community. I think that's one of the joys of these sorts of arts like Capoeira and BJJ, where there isn't a, a fixed endpoint. You obviously have your goals of say black belts and so on, but there's always places to then take things further. Do you have any goals for your capoeira that you're sort of working towards? You're just sort of taking each day as it comes at the moment. Yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely goals. I would really, you know, at the moment we are, we're, we're looking for a studio space to potentially buy a building or rent out a building to have like a more long-standing capoeira cultural space that's very challenging here in tucson uh, because of the just basic logistics of of getting a space right now we're working with a local group called boys to men where we get adolescent youth that don't have a lot of support from their fathers. And so my husband and I are teaming up to teach these kids capoeira and jujitsu. I'll just be doing the fundamentals, like very basic things, uh, basic positions, simple drills and movements, but nothing like really high, high level at all because they're kids and they're just experiencing the potential of the art. And but I would love to really focus on having a very thriving kids program. Um, kids is my bread and butter. I love teaching kids. I, I really enjoy how they are sponges. They take in a lot, you know, and it's just, that's where you want to start at the youth. You want to start when they're young and you want to empower them. Um, because I, I just, I'm concerned about these generations that have come after me, you know, they, I'm an eighties baby. So we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have like all, like we were more natural children. And so I really don't want my kids to think that like life is like a fast risk, you know, like once I start something, I'm going to learn it really quick. You know, I, I want to give them the real deal, you know, the authentic 
real way of learning things, you know? There's a lot of art in capoeira, like actual physical art that could be that could come in making kashishis, that could come in painting birimbao, painting makulele sticks. I want them to learn about their voice, how they can sing, how they can like really vibrate and internalize some of these rhythms that you learn from the atabaki, from the agogo, from the heku heku, and just really teach them about like the textured things of of life, you know and so I really want to focus on that. And I and, and I have a lot of experience working with kids and I have a lot of ideas. And, you know, Tucson is where I'm from. And so it, it feels good to, to offer that here in this city. And jujitsu is jujitsu does wonders for kids. You know, kids, they need to exert all different kinds of emotions. And sometimes they don't get the permission to exert more aggressive emotion. And what better place than to do that on a mat that is controlled in a healthy space, in a safe space where they can learn boundaries, they can learn pressure, they can they can get out this energy, which you can learn those same things in capoeira too, but capoeira is capoeira, jiu-jitsu is jiu-jitsu. It's a very different, you know, art, you know, and um, and I'm really excited for that. Not to say that I, I don't enjoy teaching adults, I do. You know, adults have, a, um, they're great. You know, they offer many, many things that are helpful to, creating a healthy community. And I really, I just really want to focus on the youth. Oh, good luck. Thank you. <laughs> Gonna need it. <laughs> the last question I like to ask in the podcast is what is capoeira? Oh man, what a question. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. Cause of course the first thing I do, I'm like, it's everything. Like you literally, <laughs> you know, like, you're kind of like, it's literally everything. <laughs> Capoeira has brought everything that is most sacred to my life. So the, this, the, the tagline that Capoeira is everything literally means that. <laughs> it, it really has, it's, it's, it's brought my family, it's brought, you know, my daughter, my husband has been a Capoeirista. My daughter is, instinctively she knows how to play on the atabaki she knows rhythm very well maybe because i played a lot of capoeira music when she was in my belly um and it truly is anything you make of it you know there's a lot of books out there that that say these things and when you read those things you're like huh what does that mean but then you have a journey in capoeira and you're like i'm literally experiencing everything <laughs> through doing capoeira and i think from the outside from someone who is just observing capoeira, it's, it looks so effortless and it looks so romantic and charming and fun and like a party and it just, you know what I mean? And, and, and it is all that, but it is, it's also freedom. You know, it's, it's, you can, you can really use capoeira to free yourself from any level of oppression you are feeling emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, you can you can find that freedom within training the art um, you feel like you don't have a voice you can sing you know if you feel like you need to cry there's there's lyrics and stories and songs that can help you think in a way that you you wouldn't necessarily and no and i'm not fluent in portuguese but the little bit of portuguese that i do know you think about things differently because of the way portuguese is, is spoken you know so 
it's everything. It's it's sacred. It's ancestral, and uh, it's it's a true gem. So anybody that has the desire to want to try to to be a part of Capoeira, uh, you're going to have a beautiful journey. You you're certainly going to if you're open to it and you want to commit to it, and you know you can think for yourself and you can read all these amazing books. There's so many great amazing books and music and even DVDs. If you have a DVD player, you can still find really amazing uh, documentaries and movies and all kinds of stuff out there. And you can be inspired. You can be inspired by what you see and what you feel and what you hear. So yeah, capoeira tudo. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Well, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. Are there any closing comments or, or thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners? Um, just thank you for listening and what a great opportunity to talk with you, Kung Fu. Thank you for the opportunity. It's always nice to, to just share, share a little bit, you know, hopefully it goes a long way and, uh, you know, keep on the lookout for what's happening here in Tucson, Arizona. Um, we have a really rich past when it comes to Capoeira. We've done a lot of really amazing events and have hosted many Granji Mestres in this city. And uh, and there's a lot happening here. There's fabulous Mestres that are here and instructors and professors and everybody's doing really great work. And I I really look forward to to seeing what's in the future for us here and how we serve our community through Brazilian and Afro-Brazilian arts and the culture. It's been the light of my life, you know? I always say I have an American passport, but I have a Brazilian heart. So that's that's really how I feel. So thank you, Kung Fu, for the opportunity. I appreciate it. My pleasure. We'll be linking to Mestre uh, Kakada's social medias and, and, and so on in the description below so you can follow Capoeira in Tucson. And um, we'll also be linking to the Life Capoeira Live event that we've got on World Book Day, the 7th of March, with Mestre Carlo Alexander, where he'll be reading from his new book, in search of Manjinga, Encounters Around the World. You can also buy your book at the same time, the tickets for a slight discount there as well. Um, so thank you very much, listeners, for listening. If you'd like to be in touch, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, and you can always email thelifecapoeira at gmail.com. We're welcoming of all capoeiristas from very beginners all the way up to, to Grand Mestres. It'd be great for you to share your stories. So if you'd like to, to share yours, then do please get in touch. But until next time, ciao.